Hey, fellow humans, welcome into another edition of the J-Man Sports Podcast. It is not just the J-Man, it is also Macy, a 10-month-old golden retriever puppy, who is my sister's. You can hear her in the background. She says hello. Um, I wish I had her energy. I just took her out. And she just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. And my goodness, I wish I could run like that. I wish I could run like for about a meter and not get tired. And I'm not that old. Well, that's bad. That's I mean, I guess that should probably be like concerning for my health. But <laughs> yeah. um, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing, you know, what the NFL can learn from the other major sports that are going on right now, and the Tigers. They they can't make the postseason, right? They can't, right? Um, but before that, I'd like to remind you, we would like to remind you uh, how you can stay connected to this podcast. You can stay connected to this podcast podcast via our social media pages, Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram, J-Man Sports Podcast, and Twitter at J-Man Sports Pod. You can also email us at jmansports at gmail.com. That's jmansports at gmail.com. Let's start with the National Football League, okay? Uh, Thursday it was the date for players to opt out uh, of the season. Uh, over 60 players have, have opted out for the 2020 NFL season uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, there are three Lions players that have opted out uh, for COVID. Um, and they're doing, like, rapid testing uh, there was a false positive test with uh, Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford earlier this week, which was kind of a scare, um, but it worked itself out. Um, but I really hope the NFL adapts a bubble because that is honestly the only way I think that this is going to be successful. Because look at what the NBA has done. Look what the NHL has done. The bubble has worked. Major League Baseball does not work. You can't. It works for baseball because you can cancel games and make them up. You can't do that with football. You can't just cancel a game on Sunday and say, "Yeah, hey, well, you'll do it. You'll play a doubleheader next Sunday." You can't do that. So the NFL has to, to me, look at this bubble system and and kind of copycat that in a way. Uh, I've heard different ideas about how to do it. Uh, I've heard an idea of um, of Basically, adding two conferences into kind of like one little bubble, and then you you get to basically just play those teams twice, all those teams twice, um, and then that's kind of how you determine where you're going to be in the playoffs. I've also heard uh, just, um, and I actually kind of really like this idea, where you isolate five teams, four or five teams in a bubble. Probably four would be the best um, in a in, in a bubble. So four so for four straight so for four weeks you're gonna play these opponents, and then you give a two week kind of like bye week for all teams where they can go back meet with their families and and hang out. And then when they come back, they have to get tested. If they test positive, they got to be in quarantine. And if they don't um, test positive or the test negative, then they can obviously um, return back to football activity. And you kind of do it, 
kind of you'd have I think more of like uh, two of those breaks, so you would go you know four weeks, four weeks, four weeks kind of thing. Um, I know that's only twelve games. Um, if you wanted to do another one, you could, but again, you have to think about adding those two weeks every time, and it's going to be really long because. The issue with the NFL going into a bubble is the fact that they're going to be away from their families for 17 weeks, at least. You know, that's a long time for these guys to be away from their families. Um, and it's, so that, that that's not really plausible because, honestly, the players would never agree to that. The NFL might want to do that, but um, players won't agree to it. And the unfortunate thing is with doing the 12-week where you stagger basically four week, four week, four week, the NFL wouldn't want to do that because their money maker is their TV deal. And they're making lots of money, and they want to air all those games because they get lots and lots of money. And that's how they're going to make up for fans probably not being in attendance. I mean, I know the Lions, they did send out an email to season ticket holders basically saying they could opt out for the year. They'd have their tickets for next year. Um, dispensers and, and, and automatic uh, sinks and flushing toilets in the bathrooms and having automatic uh, hand sanitizers, dispensers all throughout the stadium. Fans would have to wear masks. Uh, employees would have to wear masks. Um, all that fun jazz. Um, but it's just, it, to me, it's just not realistic to have fans. It's just, it, I know that everybody wants fans. It's just, it's not realistic. Um, and like I said, I really feel like the NFL needs to look at what the NBA and what the NHL have done. It would be very difficult, but that's the route I think you need to go. The NBA has done a great job. Like, I don't like basketball, but I think they've done a great job um, with how with how their bubble works and with these virtual fans and getting people involved. Like, it, 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 it's fantastic. And the NHL has done a really good job as well. Don't get me wrong, they have. I honestly will say I haven't watched as much hockey. I've watched Leafs, but I haven't really watched much other hockey. Uh, but I think they've done a they've done a, a phenomenal job as well. I think baseball is improving. Uh, I, like I said, I like what they have done with their protocols. Now I did not like what they did uh, previously. Um, but just the whole traveling, that's, that's going to be the issue. And we have to remember with this virus, just because you test negative at one moment in time doesn't mean that you don't have, you have not contracted the virus. It just means at that moment in time, you tested negative. Five minutes after that, you could all of a sudden, it could be positive. So... Um, it's, it's going to happen where these guys are going to go out or these NFL players are going to go out and they're going to go get a coffee or they're going to go get lunch or they're going to go run to the grocery store to go get something or whatever. They're not going to be wearing a mask. People are going to be like, ah, it's okay. You don't have to wear a mask. And they're going to contract COVID. They're going to bring it back into the locker room. It's going to spread like wildfire. Once it gets into the locker room, as we've seen with major league baseball, we've seen it unfortunately with like long-term care homes. We've seen it with in the agricultural sector here in um, here in Ontario, um, it just spreads like wildfire when you get into close quarters, and then you're gonna get games canceled. And like I said, this is not baseball where you can just have a doubleheader the next week. You just you can't do that. 
and you can't say, ah, oh, you know what, okay, then you'll you'll make up your game Wednesday and then you'll also play Sunday. You, you can't do that either. So they're in an interesting predicament. I, 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 vert, I really seriously do not think that fans should be able to uh, come to the stadiums the, this year. Um, I think that it's just better, I think, for the players themselves. But I think they have to come up... If they're not going to come up with with a with a staggered um, bubble, I think they need to come out with like individual teams. Then need to have a bubble. And again, it's hard with the long with with how long of a season the NFL is. I mean, you don't realize it, but when you play for seventeen weeks or you play for like you know, sixteen games in seventeen weeks, it is a long time. And if you were to all of a sudden say, you can't go see your family for at least 17 weeks. Because when you get to the playoffs, you're going to do the same thing. I mean, you won't have to worry about that if you play for the Lions, because they won't make the postseason anyways. But for a lot of other franchises, um, you it's 17 plus weeks you'd be away from your family. That's a long time. That's a really long time. Again, there have been people during this whole COVID situation, since March they haven't seen their family members in person. That's hard. So, um, it, I don't know if, if the, the players would definitely not be willing to do that. So, to me, you kind of have to create individual team bubbles. You kind of have to, you're going to have to have COVID police. Um, you're going to have to make sure that these guys are following the rules. That's what you're going to have to do. My opinion of this virus, for people that care about my opinion on this virus, um... Like I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of the mask wearing. Um, I just don't think that it's been absolutely proven that masks are superly duperly effective. At the same time, though, I do think that masks are important to wear, and I'm not gonna put up a fuss if all of a sudden, you know, you walk into a store or something and they tell you you gotta put a mask on. Okay, cool, I'll put a mask on. Um, like I said, I'm not a huge huge person that likes to wear masks. Um, but at the same time, I think with these major sports, I think, um, that they need to follow whatever the protocols that the normal regular society is following. And a lot of what society is telling us is to wear masks. So I think that this is why it's important for these guys to wear their masks. They can't go out, you know, again, it's difficult to do. It very much is difficult to do, but this is what I truly and honestly believe uh, the NFL needs to do. They need to take a more of an NBA, NHL approach because the bubble approach is has it's shown us that it, it it can work. It can. You don't have to have fans. You can still get a good product. You can still want to watch it. It's still competitive. It'd be cool to hear, you know, um, the NFL guys trash talk each other. It would be awesome to hear that. Um, and we've seen that the baseball way hasn't necessarily worked. And, it, and it's worked for them because they can make up games and they can do that kind of thing. But it would not work for the NFL. So the NFL needs to come up with a bubble system somehow, some way. On the flip side of this break, uh, we will talk about the Detroit Tigers. Do you like having fun? Do you like sports? Then you should listen to the J-Man Sports Podcast because that's all we do. 
We mix fun and sports, mix it together in a small half an hour episode, and just shoot it right at you. J-Man Sports is available anywhere, anytime, on any device, because it's available on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, Google Play Music. It's available anywhere and everywhere. You can follow along with the J-Man Sports Podcast each and every week via our social media pages, Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram at J-Man Sports Podcast, Twitter at J-Man Sports Pod. You can now even email J-Man Sports Podcast at jmansports at gmail.com. That's jmansports at gmail.com. We talk any and all things sports. Welcome back. The beautiful dog is now sleeping. Gotta love puppies. They run around and then... And then they gotta just just lay down and sleep. Oh, so cute. Um, what also is cute is uh, what the Tigers have done. Right, Tigers are they are five hundred. Um, they are a half game out of the of a wild card spot. Now they didn't play for four straight days due to the coronavirus outbreak with the St. Louis Cardinals. Those games will be made up with a doubleheader on Thursday. Uh, against the Cardinals, and then September 10th will be another doubleheader in St. Louis uh, to fill those games. Um, but the Tigers, they'll start a weekend set with the Pirates. Matt Boy gets to start for the Tigers. Like I mentioned, they're a half game out of a wild card spot, and so it got me thinking, like, the Tigers can't make the postseason, right? Like, like they can't. Because my philosophy on the season is, I, st- I want them to, to, to still bring up their young prospects. But at the same time, I'm kind of thinking that, you know what, they, they, they could. They could actually make the postseason. I don't think they'd do anything in the postseason. I don't actually believe they'd actually make the postseason, but they could make the postseason. Now, it's a huge hypothetical, um, but their bullpen has been fantastic through the first... Uh, 10 games of the season. Um, their starting pitching has been okay, not great. Their lineup has been absolutely But this this kind of reminds me of the Kansas City Royals of a few years ago um, when, when they went to back-to-back World Series. I mean, they had a better lineup, don't get me wrong. But their starting pitching was not all that great. Um, their lineup got timely hitting. And their bullpen was locked down. So, they, they can make the postseason. I don't think they will. But, I think if if they can somehow improve their starting pitching, and I think the way that you're going to improve their starting pitching is going to be by bringing up guys like Matt Manning and Casey Myers. Because if you really think about it, Boyd has, kind of, Boyd, Boyd has struggled. Ivan Nova has struggled. Um, Spencer Turnbull's been your best starter. Uh, Michael Fulmer is probably only going to be going about two innings every start anyways. And then you've got a fifth spot in the rotation, which is either going to be Ronnie Garcia or Tyler Alexander. I believe actually Tyler Alexander has now made like the rotation after his nine straight strikeouts, which I would have just left him in the bullpen, to be honest. But anyways, um, so you, you, have, you have those five guys. Really, the last two could be replaced. Honestly, Ivan Nova could be replaced. So you've got about you. You definitely have two spots in the rotation 
that you could improve. That you, I mean, you could back Fulmer up with a guy like Matt Manning, and then you could just have Casey Mize start. Can they not give you five innings between them? Like, like you got Fulmer and Manning. You know, Fulmer, could, you know, he goes his two innings, his two, three innings, and Matt Manning can give you maybe two, three innings. And then you've got Casey Mize, who could probably give you a solid five innings, six innings. They're pitching in meaningful games, which is only going to help them develop in the future. You're in a shortened season. I mean, just thinking of that possibility is fantastic. Now, again, I like to always think on the bright side. So I think that these guys are going to come up and just dominate right away. That's probably not going to be the case. They're going to come up and probably struggle. Um, But if they did come up and they actually did pitch well, not not even great, even just well... Because I honestly think that they could do better than Ronnie Garcia, and they could probably do a little bit better behind Michael Fulmer. Um, you know, getting them to the fifth, sixth inning, allowing that bullpen then to take over. You're not talking about a bad starting rotation right there. Then for your lineup, it's a little bit more difficult for the lineup. I mean, look, I think Isaac Paredes could come up and start at third base and get more than two hits by the end of the season because I don't think I, I I seriously don't know if Candelero is going to get going to get another hit. Seriously, his at bats I will admit have improved since the beginning of the season, but I don't know if he's going to get another hit. I also don't know if Dual Lugo is actually going to get a hit this year. Um, I don't know. Like the first series, C.J. Crone had a, like a like a just an awesome first series. Like people were excited about C.J. Crone in the middle of this lineup. Since the opening series, his at-bats have been so bad. It's one, two, three, and and he's out. And he strikes out. Swings at every pitch, gone. I, I don't know how many times I've seen that from him. The, the guy who's actually probably the, the, the best at-bats is probably Miguel Cabrera. Between him and Jacoby Jones, obviously Jones has hit, whereas Cabrera hasn't. Um, and Scope has hit, whereas Cabrera hasn't. Um, and where the majority of the lineup has not Like, if you seriously look at it, like, Jones and Scope are the only two that actually would scare you. I mean, Romine, Romine has put together some pretty good at-bats as well, and he has had some pretty good swings. So maybe those three guys would be the only guys that actually scare you in this lineup because Goodrum at the top of the lineup has, has struggled. I think he's only hit 169. Cabrera was hitting under 200. Crone's hitting under 200. Candelario, like, is trying to buy his second hit of the season. Um, I'm trying to think of their other... Christian Stewart, I mean, he's hitting, don't get me wrong, but he's hitting a lot of singles. This is a guy that we heard a lot about his power. Oh, he's got so much power. He's, he's going to be a 30 home run guy in the major leagues. I haven't seen it from him. Um, and then we've had the mixture of Victor Reyes and, um, Cameron Mabin, which hasn't really gone all that well. So you have about six guys in your lineup, seven guys in your lineup that haven't hit. (laughs) Or that are, or that are streaky hitters. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, it, it. Their lineup is, is going to be the one that's a little bit more difficult to improve. Um, 
because I don't think that the they're hitting prospects that they have. I know Torkelson is ranked as the number one prospect of the Tiger system. He's number seven overall, according to MLB.com, who just came out with a list uh, of their top 100 prospects midseason. The Tigers, they have five guys in the top 100, according to MLB.com. And according to them, uh, they have the best overall prospect score. They're not the most guys in the top 100, but they have the best overall prospect score, which I don't understand what a prospect score is. But anyways... Um, and I know that they got Torkelson and they have Riley Green in there, two hitters, but those are two guys you're not going to see this year. That's just, like, there's a better chance you'll see Torkelson than Riley Green, but there's a very good chance you're not going to see either one this year. Um, for one, my guess is Torkelson will be up at sometime next, sometime next year, uh, based on the fact that Crone only signed a one-year deal, He's probably not going to re-sign here with the Tigers. I mean, I mean, he could turn the season around, but man, he's had some terrible at bats. I uh, just, just, just terrible. Like, I feel like almost I could have better at bats than that. Um, and he's not the long, and Crone's not the long-term future at first base. Torkelson is. I don't know why they moved him to third base. It just doesn't make sense to me. But he's going to be a first baseman all when it's all said and done. So. Um, I think he's going to come up sometime next year. Riley Green, I think he could be up sometime next year. Uh, but more or less, he's probably going to be up the year after 2022. Uh, so their lineup is a little bit more difficult to fix because they don't think they have a whole lot of guys that will make a huge impact in their farm system right now. Like I like Derek Hill, for example. I think he's a guy that can have an impact on this team. He's just with his speed, but he... He's not a guy who's going to come on here and, and take an outfield spot because he's going to he has a great bat. Or Daz Cameron, for example, he's, he's not going to come in here and, and and wow you with his with his bat. He's going to play great defense, but he's not going to wow you with his bat. Um. So, hey, I don't actually think the Tigers are going to make the postseason. I don't want them to make the postseason because I want them to to bring up Daz Cameron, Derek Hill, Casey Mize. Uh, Matt Manning, Alex Fiedo, Tark Skubal, like I want, Isaac Parades. I want them to bring up their young guys, and they're going to come up and struggle. But at the same time, like, you know, if if Manning and Mize come up and they pitch even just good, not even great, just good, they continue to get, like, timely hitting, and their bullpen continues to be, to be lights out, I mean... Postseason is not completely out of the out of the realm of possibilities because it's a 16-team playoff. It's it's bound to be interesting though. It it is um, this, this season is just gonna be f it's filled with with just twisted turns. And again, you're gonna you're going to get a surprise team um, in the postseason. And we've seen if you look at some of the some of the like the rankings each week that writers come out with, the Tigers have actually climbed from being like 30th or 29th to in the teens. I've seen like 17. I think um, is the highest I've seen them at. Uh, I've seen 24. So they they're making somewhat of improvements. Now, trust me, I don't think this team like looking at this team right how it's constructed right now. No, I don't think they're a postseason team. Absolutely not. I don't believe they're going to make the postseason. <laughs> but like I said. Anything can happen in a 60-game schedule, and it's an expanded playoff, and yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be exciting. At least at least there's gonna be a reason to watch. That's that's really what what I hope for this season. 
I'd like to remind you you can take into this podcast. You can take connect to this podcast via your social media pages, Facebook, Jamie Sports, Instagram, Jamie Sports Podcast, Twitter at Jamie Sports Pod. You can email us at jmansports at gmail.com. That's jmansports at gmail.com. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And don't worry, you definitely will be hearing from me and Macy soon. <laughs>